Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Obviously, we are beginning this Thursday show on a sad note. And I know for a whole lot of people who are listening to the show right now, especially of the older demographic, one of the many reasons they may have become a New York Mets fan is because of Tom Seaver. And we found out Wednesday night, the Hall of Fame pitcher, the 12-time All-Star, the world champion in 1969, and as Bob so eloquently put it, hands down the undisputed best player. It is not even close. It is not even up for debate. It is not even up for conversation. Tom Seaver, the best player, hands down, in the history of the Met organization. Passes away with his bout with dementia and complications with COVID-19. This was a day, unfortunately, that I think many of us, to some degree, saw coming. Because of Tom Seaver fading away in the public light. You knew, obviously, Tom Seaver was not doing well when the Mets a year ago had their 50th year celebration and anniversary of the 1969 team, and Tom Seaver was unable to make it. And we knew, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, whatever the case may be, that he was no longer going to be any sort of a public figure, and that due to his bout with dementia, he chose to finish out the remaining years of his life living on his winery privately, which all of us can respect. But his legacy, his reputation, the fact that me as a 32-year-old, and for many Mets fans who maybe didn't get a chance to see Tom Seaver, they know of the significance 
They know of the dominance, and they understand full well when you talk New York Mets, that's really the first guy you bring up. He's one of just 10 pitchers in Major League history with 300 wins and 3,000 strikeouts. I mean, we are talking about high praise. We are talking about the creme de la creme. We're talking about the best of the best. When you put Tom Seaver's career up against pitchers over the last 50, 60, 70 years, he's in that top three, top five echelon. He really is. That's how special an arm we're talking about. And from a Met standpoint, he in many ways was the guy and the fortuitous luck of finding a way to get Tom Seaver onto the New York Mets that helped change the reputation of a franchise that was nothing short of a laughingstock when they launched in 1962. Casey Stengel in the charge. Marvelous Marv Thornberry. I mean, you guys know the deal. You know the stories, whether you're alive or not. I know the stories of those hideous Met teams. Those lovable losers. Tom Seaver came in and was like, well, to hell with this. We're going to win. And slowly but surely, you saw the change. You saw the evolution. Of course, it's capped by that 1969 World Championship. And from a Met franchise standpoint, he's got it all. He's the leader in ERA, the leader in wins, the leader in innings pitched, the leader in complete games, which, by the way, nobody's ever going to touch with the way baseball's played in this day and age, the leader in strikeouts. And pretty remarkable feat. Found this out, you know, and doing some reading, doing some research, doing some homework. He recording 10 consecutive strikeouts in 1970 still remains unmatched to this day. And it's amazing to think about the storyline of Seaver, this great legendary New York Met. And I think back to some of the shows we were doing during you know the early stages of COVID where we didn't have games to talk about and We were spending a whole lot of time taking those trips down memory lane. I know you guys remember it quite well. And I forget what the topic was on the given day. I really do. I I forget what it was. But the Seaver trade, it might have been a trade type of debate, a trade type of conversation. I'm not really sure. But I remember from hearing from some of you guys and then hearing from Bob Usler how enraged and how upset and how dejected so many Met fans were when Tom Seaver was traded away to the Cincinnati Reds. And how it set this like trickle-down effect within the organization from fans to the team. It was just like, how in the world could you trade Tom Seaver? He does have his chance to come back in 1983. And then we know, of course, Tom Seaver gets his 300th win at the old Yankee Stadium. And even for somebody like me who obviously wasn't around to see it, I think it's kind of cool 
thinking about the fact that you have a battery of Carlton Fisk and Tom Seaver with the Chicago White Sox putting together a performance on the storied ground of the old Yankee Stadium of a 300th win. That is pretty damn cool. And then for people of my demographic, of my age group, I remember Tom Seaver doing the games. And I know for some Yankee fans, you remember him partnering up with Phil Rizzuto. I remember Tom for a couple of years doing the games on picks. He would do them with Howie Rose from time to time. He would do them with Davey O'Brien, or maybe it was Gary Thorne from time to time. And you could just tell from listening to Tom Seaver break down a baseball game, the intricate knowledge that you were getting from a guy who was as good as it gets on the mound, knowing the craft of pitching, knowing the inner psychology that goes into being great. Not every guy has that within him. And on the mound and in the broadcast booth, Tom Seaver gave you that. Obviously had his passion for his winery and lived a wonderful life. Obviously, your thoughts and prayers are with the Seaver family. I'm sure there are a whole lot of Mets fans right now walking around, driving around with heavy hearts because they say goodbye to an iconic member of their childhood. Like, for me... Whenever the day comes where I'm reminiscing about, you know, those great Yankees 90s teams that I saw and the place in my heart I'm going to have for a Mariano Rivera and the place in my heart I'm going to have for a Derek Jeter, you know, I can't go back to 1995. And I remember my dad being very shook up the day he found out that Mickey Mantle passed away. And we all deal with loss and we all deal with sorrow. And obviously these last couple months have been really, really hard for everybody. But there are just certain athletes when you hear about their passing, it brings you back to those memories. And I'm sure for a whole lot of our audience tonight, those memories of Tom Seaver are going to be flooding through them. So I'm sure for a lot of my fans, it's going to be a very emotional night. I don't think there's any doubt. From a Yankee standpoint, on a much lighter note, my goodness, did the Tampa Bay Rays love and get great satisfaction in sticking it to the New York Yankees. I mean, isn't it remarkable? All of the escapades of yesterday, the brouhaha between the Yankees and Tampa, Broussard getting thrown at in the ninth inning by Aroldis Chapman, Kevin Cash and his comments after the game. You wondered... Going into Thursday or going into Wednesday's game, would there be an added sense of motivation for anybody? We know these teams don't like one another. We know there's no love lost between the two. But what you ended up getting is the Tampa Bay Rays coming out and saying, go to hell. By scoring four runs in the first inning against Jordan Montgomery, bullet double, homer, Base hit, homer. And that was basically all she wrote. And you could tell, if you were watching this game, and I had, you know, obviously the sound all jacked up, and there's nobody at Yankee Stadium, 
But did you guys notice the hooting and hollering and the visible noise and the cheering in many ways of the Tampa Bay Rays like they were playing a, you know, game at the Berry Homes or a game at your men's league field. That's what it felt like. They take great satisfaction in taking down the New York Yankees. And right now, they are better than the New York Yankees. Now, the Yankees are not fully right. We know that. Clay Torres is coming back this weekend. That's desperately needed. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, we know they're still waiting in the wings. But you look up and down the Yankee lineup. I mean, let's call it like it is. There are basically three guys who are hitting. DJ LeMayu, Luke Voigt, Quinn Frazier. That's it. I mean, we'll do this a little bit later on the show. I'll go through the batting averages for the Yankees, like five on down in the batting order, and you're like, oh my goodness. So it shouldn't surprise you that Tampa, after two good innings from Charlie Morton, and then going reliever after reliever after reliever, they basically end up mowing the Yankees down until they hit the bottom half of the ninth inning. Right now, if the Yankees were to match up with Tampa Bay, they would not beat them. The good news for the Yankees is they are a month away from their postseason. But right now, Tampa, I don't know if they're in their heads. I don't know if they're just flat out better. Maybe it's a combination of the two. But they came out and hit you in the mouth. And they took great satisfaction of coming out and hitting in your mouth. And you didn't do anything about it. That, to me, is the alarming thing about the Yankees. You know, if I were in that dugout and you're hooting and hollering and knocking my starter out in Jordan Montgomery in the first inning and I got to hear the cat calls at Yankee Stadium and good for the Rays. Listen, they're playing the game. They're allowed to celebrate. They're allowed to do what they want to do. But I'm telling you, if I were in any other dugout, I'd be like, enough of this. Let's shut them up. The best way you could shut them up is by going out and performing, by going out and scoring a couple of runs. Yankees didn't do it. They finish up the regular season Two and eight against the Tampa Bay Rays. And mark my words, that will be the difference in the Yankees not winning the American League East this year. That'll be the difference. The good news for the Yankees is winning a division title doesn't really matter that much because you're one of eight going into the postseason. You're playing a best of three just like everybody else. And that will basically determine, all right, what your 2020 season is is going to shape up to be. But the only way you're right and wrong here against Tampa is by beating them in the postseason or by going deeper than the Tampa Bay Rays in the postseason. But right now, you got serious doubts about that. This was yet another very disheartening series from the Yankees. No boost from Tuesday night. No carryover effect. And if anything, what you saw was like a rallied and an inspired Tampa team and a rather lifeless New York Yankee team. I mean, the Yankees could not have looked more pathetic for eight innings. Bad at-bats, lifeless at-bats, not ideal. We got a very busy show. Obviously, a good majority of it devoted to the passing of the late, great Tom Seaver. Hands down, the best New York Met in the history of the franchise. The undisputed best player. Without a doubt. 
Never got a chance to see Tom Terrific do his thing on the mound. Sure, for many of you, he might be the reason you're a New York Mets fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 